0: So Canada sucks at developing transit. And I always think, I think it's Madrid where they just set a goal like a decade ago, that they were gonna build such and such a number of kilometers of subway and light rail every single year, and they've done it, and it's a revolution. And what do we have here? We have, you know, Transit City was announced, and then we backed off. Uh, We've got the, apparently the Ontario line is actually going ahead, that's great news. But then you get to Ottawa, where I was last weekend, and I thought, well, I'll go ride the light rail. No, it's closed because it keeps coming off the rails. And the worst aspect of that would be that the Ottawa light rail system is all of the same engineering and um, you know vehicles and all of that stuff as the Eglinton Crosstown. So you really got to wonder what's going to happen there. Here to shed some light on why we can't get this right is transit expert Steve Monroe, who's been documenting, following, and writing about transit for for pretty well as long as I've been here and probably longer. Steve Monroe, nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I was saying earlier in the show that how is it we built a transcontinental railway 150 years ago, but we can't build light rail in a city now?
1: (laughs) Well, um, uh, I I could say it has something to do with consultants, but that would be too simple. Um, Building a transcontinental railway in those days, you just basically started building... Um, and you you didn't you didn't change your mind halfway through that instead of going to the Pacific Ocean you were oh I don't know going to the Arctic Ocean or maybe playing loop the loop around the Great Lakes you just built the thing um, the, the you mentioned both Toronto and Ottawa the situations are very different in the two cases uh, Ottawa was a situation where they had a plan a new mayor was elected he scrapped plan one implemented plan two and it absolutely had to be open by his target date because he would promised it and that led to a lot of compromises in design uh, a lot of stuff getting built without people looking too carefully at how well it was built and a rush to open without adequate testing so yes while some of the same um, firms are are involved in Ottawa, as are involved in some of the Toronto projects, there is at least a difference here that we're not pressing uh, Crosstown, for example, to get the thing open yesterday without adequate testing. Uh, also, I don't think there have been some of the same design compromises made here as were made in Ottawa that has led them. Some of the derailment problems are are, uh, are from a design compromise uh, on curve radius, just to make the line fit within a space they wanted to build it, rather than saying, you know, we got to go through that building over there, um, and uh, it's this isn't the kind of thing that happens politically. <sighs>
0: So the occasion of our conversation this morning is the story about the Scarborough RT, and uh, it came undone a few weeks ago. It was supposed to be decommissioned anyway come November, but apparently it's just never going to come back. How compromised is transit in Scarborough as a result of that?
1: Well, uh, it's not just the RT, because as you say, it was going to go away in November. Anyhow, the compromises in Scarborough go back decades because... Um, I mean, the original compromise was the Scarborough R.T. itself. Originally, the TTC in the 60s, you know, we're talking like 1966, was planning to build uh, a network of light rail uh, with a line going northeast through Scarborough out to Malvern. And this was when, you know, most of that part of the world was farmland, so that there would have been rapid transit out to northeast Scarborough, then swinging back along the hydro corridor parallel to Fitch Avenue out to, into Etobicoke, down to uh, Kipling Station, a branch to the airport. Does this all sound familiar? That was 1966. But then the province had a better idea and we got, eventually, in the mid-80s, the RT technology, uh, which was okay for its time, but which has technical problems that have bedeviled it ever since it went in. Fast forward to David Miller uh, and Transit City, which you mentioned. That was going to be a network of light rail lines uh, around the city, including uh, actually two, well, three lines would have served Scarborough. One would have been um, a replacement for the RT. One would have been along Eglinton, up Kingston Road and Morningside. Uh, to UTSC, and then north, north to Melbourne, and one would have been Shepherd East from Don Mill Station. Uh, Rob Ford got elected and decided he didn't like streetcars because that was David Miller's plan, so he was going to build a subway. Well, we know where that sits. Um, the, that plan's been on and again, off again, and Doug Ford's subway may open by about 2030. Meanwhile, of course, the, the Scarborough RT is way past its Best Buy date, and uh, and we saw the result of that three weeks ago with the derailment.
0: Thanks a lot for this. I realize it's part of a much longer conversation, but I appreciate yeah. you being here today. Okay, You're very welcome. Steve Monroe is, yeah, you know, Steve Monroe is a kind of a, an interesting character because he is, you know, he predates bloggers, but he's been writing as an analyst about transportation without being part of any kind of major media association for forever. Frankly, and he's an interesting go to guy. And I kind of laughed to myself when he was talking about the plan for Transit City because I'm sure he's familiar with the map from 1912 that pr- proposed a rail system for Toronto, which is actually more comprehensive than what we have now in terms of streetcars and subways. And that was 1912. So we've been doing this for more than a century. In the next half hour, Free-for-all round one, which is brought to you by Lexus of Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. But right now, it's time for the half-hour headlines. Ashley Legasic is here. Good morning. Good morning, John.
1: Some of the stories we're following in the newsroom this hour. 20,000 residents who live in the Northwest Territories capital of Yellowknife.